Welcome to another inspiring message from Pastor John Cameron, lead pastor of Arise Church in New Zealand. We know this message will empower and inspire you. In Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, it says, For a child is born to us, and a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. This amazing verse that describes for us the, the miracle of Jesus and his gift and his birth. Uh, a child was born, but a son was given. And we understand that in the birth of Jesus, we're not only not only was a child born, but a gift was given to us. A son was given, God's own son. And they said about Jesus that he would be called our Prince of Peace, our Prince of Peace. In Luke's gospel, the second chapter of Luke, the Bible talks about these angels that turned up and blew away these uh, shepherds in the hills on the outskirts of Bethlehem. And Jillian and I were there a couple of years ago. And I think for me, one of the most amazing things about our trip to Israel was considering what it must have been like on a starry Israel night to have appearing in front of you as a shepherd in the middle of the night, a celestial being that proclaims words to you, and then to have a company of the Holy of heaven joining in song and as they appeared to the angels this is what they said suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth where, where are you and I at are we in heaven this morning I think we're all pretty aware that we're not. We're in Canterbury, here where I am. And so everybody here in this room believes we're pretty close to heaven, right? Uh, I'm sure in Wellington, we're all convinced of that. And I know that you Whangarei people think that you just perpetually live in something close to heaven. But none of us are in heaven, no matter where you are, even online with us today. So the Bible talks about you and me here on earth, and it says, on earth, peace. So the angels appear and they proclaim glory to God. This day is going to bring glory to God. And then they're like, and there's a secondary impact of the birth of Jesus. And here it is, fans, as we're getting ready for Christmas, let's consider what Jesus means to you and me. We're unwrapping it today. It means peace, peace on earth on men on whom His favour rests. And by the way, male or female, people on whom God's favour rests. In other words, the prophet proclaimed and the angels declared that at the birth of Jesus, the great gift that comes to you and me is peace. They said about Jesus, because He is born, God's gonna get glory. And, and we're going to get peace. You know, I think there are moments in my life when just all I want is a little bit of peace. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? I mean, man, you know, I'm kind of in the glory years of parenting where it's just not complex, but not also not complicated. You know, like when your kids are young, it's just complicated. You're just, you're just always like doing something for them. And my children eat for themselves, dress themselves, do their own homework, get themselves off to school. It is just awesome. And we have no complexities yet, yet, Lara, not yet do we have any complexities, you know. 
but we're in that sweet spot in the middle. But if you've got young kids, then sometimes all you want is just just a minute, you know, just a just a sweet minute, you know, when nobody's pulling or tugging or crying or fighting or bickering or hungry or starving or whatever. All you'd like is just a little bit of peace. Anyone know what I'm talking about? A little knowing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nearly every hand in the room, this is the most unanimous agreement I've ever had to a message in my life. Um, you know, when you're, when you're in the middle of getting ready for Christmas, isn't it incredible how we say, hey, the greatest family moment in your life is gonna be Christmas Day. But just to make that really awesome, we're gonna precede it by the busiest month you've ever had in your life. So that when you wanna be the absolute best family member, parent, whatever you've ever been in your life, you're gonna be totally exhausted, wrung out like a rag with nothing but hostility and anger left in you. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like, yeah, I wouldn't mind a little bit of that peace thing. That'd be. That'd be really helpful for me right now. Or, or, you know, sometimes just in the middle of that place in your life where you just got a super tight budget and you're just trying to make two ends meet and you're just thinking it would be awesome to have some peace. Peace, peace without any question has got to be one of the most valuable things in our world today. I mean, when you start to think about it just at a, at a selfish level, you know, um, if you're anything like me, I know I'm really working too hard when my cat's asleep in the sun and I want to kick it. And it, there's no brave souls with their hands up right now, but I reckon at least a hundred people know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm glad my son is not listening to me right now, but uh, it, it's an awesome, encouraging experience as a parent. But uh, you know, they, they sell you a travel brochure, right? But a travel brochure is not a travel brochure. Nobody wants to travel, right? But traveling is not exciting. Aeroplanes are terrible experiences. You know, being stuck with everyone else's germs in a steel tube for 12 hours, that's horrible. But what we want is we want to get to the other end, right? Because we see that, that amazing sand and the, the beaches and, and the calm and the little drinks with the umbrellas. And, and we're just thinking, oh, I need that in my life right now as I'm slaving away at my desk or in my kitchen. You know, you just... We would love that. And, and peace is, is so valued. It's in everything. We market peace in a travel brochure. We market peace uh, through a whole lot of like experiences now. So like, uh, you know, I, I mean, as a guy, I could never really understand why hair salons would encourage, you know, a woman to come in and have this haircut that can take up to four hours. I mean, it's, I mean, for me, that would not be peaceful. That would be very, very stressful. And I'm like, how can they be so thriving and doing so well in all of these amazing businesses? And then I, you know, I had children. And then I realized why women love the hair salon because, you know, you get to go somewhere where somebody puts this thing on your head that makes a, like a white noise. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and all of the other noises are gone and you have a magazine and people bring you coffee every hour. And there's, I reckon they pay more. Ladies pay more to make the hairdresser slow the process down while dad is at home on the promise, the promise that when I get back, sweetheart, I'm gonna look good. And we'll, we love that stuff too, by the way. So it is a little bit of a win-win there, but you know, it's, it's an experience that's marketed by peace. We've got apps now that promise peace, you know? 
I've got an iWatch I'm not wearing it this morning, but every hour <laughs> it interrupts my peace in order to tell me that I need to take a minute to breathe. It's like, what? You know, I'm in the middle of a meeting and I'm like, oh, what is it now? And it's telling me, breathe, breathe, you know? Like somehow this is helping. This is not helping people. This is making me more stressed out. That's why I don't wear it when I'm preaching. Otherwise, I, I hear your tweets. They come up on my screen. And, and you know, no, no matter what, we're, we're all, we're all no, even no matter what your religious persuasion as you come to the service today, everybody prays for peace. Yeah. I mean, we're, praying for, we're praying for peace in, in Aleppo this morning. And as a church community, we're going to give people an opportunity to give to that at the end of our service. But, you know, we're, we're praying for peace there. We're, we're praying for a lot of other places in the world that don't, um, have the media spotlight put over them. And I'm not trying to trivialize one, but I'm, what I'm saying is there's a lot of others. There's a lot of homes, um, even just in our communities, where it would be awesome just to have a little bit more peace, you know. Um, it's important to know that when these shepherds were out there in the starry night and the angel appeared and said, glory to God and on earth peace, that Israel wasn't enjoying a great season of peace when they turned up. In fact, Israel was under Roman occupation. They were second class, subjected people. They weren't, they weren't able to really benefit from their enterprise. Tax collectors would take the cream of the nation to fund the glory of the Roman Empire. They were a people with broken promises, a people who really couldn't get out from under. They weren't free. They were struggling. And an angel appears and he says to them, he says, well, guys, i got great news for you. Your Savior is born and He's going to bring for you peace. And when we think about that, we start to think about what they meant or what the angel meant and what God meant when He said, I'm going to bring you peace. Because when they said the Prince of Peace is here, everybody immediately thought that the Messiah, God's own Son, Jesus, was going to overthrow these Romans and get rid of them and he, he was going to bring in a whole new deal. But we understand about Jesus that He never lifted a sword. He didn't do anything about the Roman occupation. Yet it's amazing, guys, because we know the end of the story that within 300 years, Rome became Christian. He didn't overthrow the Roman Empire. He took over the Roman Empire and then turned it from one of subjugation into one that was able to bring benefit to so many people, founded on the right kind of values. And we start to examine the mystery of our Prince of Peace and come face to face with the truth that it's a different kind of peace that maybe gets sold us in a travel brochure or the Israelites understood when Jesus arrived that the peace God's got on offer for you and me is a different kind of peace. In fact, in Ephesians 2.18, it talks about Jesus and His coming and it says He preached peace, that the messages Jesus preached were peace. Peace to those who were afar off and peace to those who were near. Yet I've read the Bible countless times and I can't remember a single sermon Jesus ever preached on peace. So we're talking here not about a military peace or about staging a, a coup or, or, or a, even a meditation class, you know, with your little breathing app, you know, trying to offer you the promise of peace. We're talking about a Jesus whose very life and message, when received, gives peace 
to people who are like a way off from God, who don't feel like they could ever even come to a church service, and to people who are so holier than thou, they feel that they should be given a seat at the front and they're actually stuck in the middle of the aisle. You know what I'm talking about? He said, he's, Jesus said uh, in John 14, 27, He said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, but I do not give to you as the world gives. In other words, this kind of peace thing that Jesus is talking about is not what you and I might think it is. We, we can easily think about peace and attach it to locations, right? Or to experiences, or to the absence of pressure. And Jesus said, no, 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 when you think about the peace I want to bring to your life, you've got to take it to a whole other level. And understand that what we're talking about here is not just going to change you circumstantially. It's going to change you on the very inside of who you are. Jesus didn't just proclaim, hey, peace is a trendy word. Let's really market that. He pointed us towards the pathway of peace. The first thing Jesus said, if you're going to experience peace, the big rock, he said, I'm come that there might be a way for people to get back into relationship with God. And again, I don't know what you think about that today, but what I do want you to know is that that is the big rock. When you lift that up, when your relationship with God is actually made like it should be, there is no greater experience in all the world than to feel like the weight of your sin has finally been lifted off or the hole in your heart that you try and fill with the travel brochure and everything. I'm telling you that when you find connection with God, you find you make your peace with God. That's what people talk about when they talk about establishing a relationship with Jesus, with God. They say, I made my peace with God. You know, you've seen it in the war movies as the guys of life is about to end, time to make your peace with God. And it's not just a, a, a saying that we have. It is at the substance of what Jesus pointed us towards. He said, I came to lay down my life for others. He might not have preached a sermon on peace, but he sold us countless times that I'm going to pay the price for your wrongdoing, for my wrongdoing. I'm going to make a way for people to get back to God. I'm going to bring God near to you. You'll never be alone in the world again. That's what Jesus did promise. So even though He didn't preach a sermon on peace, He preached a million sermons saying that you and I can have our relationship with God restored again. He said, I'm going to make the pathway of peace available. Then Jesus said, if you're going to stay on that pathway, team, then you're going to have to not only ask God for His forgiveness, but you're going to have to forgive people around you. Because if peace is going to reign in your life, well, you can't allow bitterness. He said, you've got to turn the other cheek. He said about all those people who like to heap on others, He said, let him or her who is without sin be the first to cast a stone. In other words, we're not going to live in a judgmental community anymore. We're not going to be trying to just look down the nose at others who are lesser than. We're going to end that because that's not going to bring peace. He said, he said, I'm going to be the God to whom you can bring your burdens. Learn from me. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. In other words, Jesus said in the overwhelming volume of what He taught to you and me, I am the Prince of Peace. I'm leading you. And if you'll follow me, I'm going to take you on a journey of peace. And I believe that what every person really is longing for in their lives, and we kind of we touch the edges of it. 
When we look at, at that travel brochure or we see the breathing app pop up hourly, where we're touching the edges of what our Christian message is actually all about. The God who says, I'm gonna make you right with me. The God who says, I'm gonna walk with you. The God who says, I'm gonna bring you peace, not just circumstantially on the outside, but peace in the very center of who you are. He said, my love is gonna drive out your fear that torments you. He said, I'm gonna be the peace in the middle of your storm. I'm gonna be the one who can calm your fears. Where, oh, death even is your sting. That's the God that we're talking about. The God who says, I'm not gonna live my life in fear. I'm not gonna live my life in resentment. I'm not gonna live my life in bitterness, but the God who can fill my life and our lives at the very centre of who we are so that we can find peace. If you're happy about that in every location, put your hands together and give that. Jesus some praise. Um, maybe what we find at Christmas is that peace is not a location or a state of being, but a person, a person. I love the fading light of a Christmas uh, kind of preparatory day. There's nothing, nothing like it, you know. At our house, um, you know, we, 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 we set up the Christmas tree and then we put the lights on and we just never turn them off. I mean, you know, maybe you do, but you know, I just never turn them off until Christmas is over. So they, they go all day and they go all night. And I know you can't see them when you're at work and I, I know that you don't need them in the middle of the night. I just don't care. I like them. They give me joy. And you know, you can have your own rules in your house, but it's my house. And there's nothing like it when there's just like that last little bit of twilight in the day, you know? For those of you who may be online, we have a, a Southern Hemisphere Christmas here in New Zealand, which means that our kids watch Santa with his sleigh and then go outside and jump in the swimming pool. That's welcome to the Kiwi Christmas, you know. Um, it was 32 degrees at my house in Celsius last, last Christmas, and th that's, that's the New Zealand experience. And so then you've got the, the warm stone, you know, on the concrete outside. You've got the fading light. You've got the Christmas tree lights. You've just got the, the carols. Jillian's always got the Christmas carols. Got the latest albums playing in the background. And it's just like, this is life and life to the full. You know, this is, this is absolutely amazing. And, and, and I, I also love to find peace, um, in, in holiday locations. You know, when I feel like kicking my cat, I, I always, I always go onto some kind of website and, and begin to hunt for an, a holiday location. It, it's just like, that's my form of shopping. I never go there, but it just gives me peace. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and we all, we all want a break from the pressure. We all want space in our lives. And, you know, maybe for a young person that's hearing this today, then peace for you will be just to get out of that home that's full of conflict. Well, let me tell you something. I, I promise you that for every, every parent in the room, peace for you will be to end the conflict. You know? and, and we can live in a world where, where we just wanted to find uh, a way through it. But I think that as you mature in life, what you start to understand is that Peace is less um, crucial in the areas of circumstance or environment. And peace is far more important when it comes to my relationships. Because I could be at the top of the Eiffel Tower. But if I know that the key people in my world are not right with me, then how many people know that the relationship trumps the environment? And when it comes to Christmas, you, we, you and I, we could be trying to just work our way through everything 
looking for the right circumstance. And I guess in this message, I just want to say to you that peace is about a person and a relationship. And that relationship is a relationship with God. When I was 18 years old, I uh, went to church on my 18th birthday for my first time in my teenage years. I was, I was that child. And I went to, went to child at the church at the age of 18. My dad gave me a suit for my birthday. And I thought, I'm, I'm going to go to church and wear my suit because I get to wear my suit. And, and, uh, and that's the only place I can think of to wear it on a Sunday. So I'm just going to wear it. I'd look really weird at the shopping mall. So I, I rolled up to church. 18 years old, wearing my double-breasted Pierre Cardin suit, looking fly, you know, walked into church, you know, I was the best-dressed person apart from the pastor, I wasn't prepared for that fact, you know, uh, people were really nice to me though, it's good, you should wear a suit to church, I think people think that you're the guest speaker, so I, I rolled up, uh, wearing my suit, and you know, I felt pretty cool, and, and, and I, I, I sat down in the service, and I kept going back for about four weeks, and on May the 12th, which is my father's birthday, I finally said yes to the opportunity that was given at the end of the service. And there's gonna be one at the end of this service where the preacher said, if you'd like to make your peace with God, if you'd like a relationship with Jesus, then I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. And if you pray with me, then you could discover a relationship with God for yourself. And I, I knew after coming to church for four weeks that other people had something in their life and I needed it for me. And so I said the prayer that day, and I didn't just say it, I meant it. I knew what I was praying. And I'll never forget waking up the next morning. On a Monday morning, May the 13th, I woke up and I opened the curtains to my bedroom, and it was like the sun had an extra warmth in it. That's how I can describe it. The sun was not only touching my physical body, it was somehow touching my soul. It wasn't just that I was looking at the grass. I promise you, and I mean the truth, this is the truth. It was like the grass had an extra hue to it or vibrancy or dimension. It was like the leaves on the trees somehow meant more to me than they'd ever meant in my life before. And here was the most overwhelming thing about the experience. For the first time in my adult life or the first time that I'm aware of in my life, I was content and I needed nothing. Now, I don't know about you, but that for me is three descriptions of my pinnacle holiday. When I need nothing, when I'm completely at peace, when everything around me looks great and gorgeous and beautiful, I'm in the best place I could ever be in my life. Well, here's what I want you to know. I found the peace that I needed in my life, not in a, a holiday, not in a location, not in a change of circumstance. My bank balance was exactly the same. My friendships and pressures and work requirements were exactly the same. But the Prince of Peace had jumped into my life and changed me in the very core of who I am. Jesus is our Prince of Peace. And I want you to know this Christmas that the peace of Christ is available for every single one of us. Whether you feel a long way off or whether you feel that you're near, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. The greatest gift that could ever be given anybody. Anybody is peace. 
a life of peace, a world of peace, a family of peace. These are all things that we covet. Well, peace starts with the King of Kings, with Jesus being the peace that fills us in the very centre of who we are. When, when Jesus was born, two groups of people came to worship. Magi, who were like the elite and the wealthy of their generation, and shepherds, who were the manual workers of their generation. In other words, from the greatest to the least, they came searching for peace. And Jesus is our Prince of Peace. The first thing that Jesus is gonna bring to you and me in the arena of peace in our lives, and I've already talked about it, but I wanna start here again, is that He will bring us peace with God. I just don't know. I just don't know if I can tell you what an honour and a privilege and an amazing thing it is that you and I can come boldly before God, no matter what our yesterday was like, ask for His forgiveness and find not an exacting ruler with, with, with a, a, a desire to beat you for your transgressions, but a God who looks at you and me and says, I overlook your faults, I forgive your failures, I remove your past or your sin from you as far as the East is from the West, I have removed it from you and I will not even remember it anymore. In other words, it really doesn't matter how bad you and I were in our past. The moment anybody says, I need you, Jesus, would you come to my life? God not only removes it, He forgets it. In His infinite power, God looks at you and He's not thinking, you know when you're in a marriage, you, you can accumulate familiar patterns that you start to blame people for, for things they did five years ago? Well, here's the difference. God never does that. God never does that. God can give you peace with Him. Like you're a newborn babe in arms who's never once, you know, ever even burped or pooped over the flow of the, of the nappy. Our God will give you back the purity of absolute love and connection with Him. Peace with God's the greatest gift. It's the greatest gift. It's the most powerful and life-changing gift. And the gift of Christmas is peace with God. But here's the second thing that happens. When you get peace with God, you get peace with you. Peace with God means we get peace with ourselves. Oh man, Jesus makes sense of us. You know, the one thing about the, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is it, it talks about uh, in 1 Corinthians 13, it says, now we see um, but a poor reflection as in a mirror. And what it's talking about is how I see me and how you see you. Now we see but a poor reflection like a mirror. You know, when you look in a mirror, what are you drawn to? First thing you see when you look at a mirror is what's wrong with you. And the Bible says, now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror, new wrinkle, spot, you know, receding hairline. I don't know what, but you see something that's not right. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror, but then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know fully. Anybody out there who's, you know, just really struggling in life, I want you to know one of the greatest things that can ever happen to you is that you get peace with God because the overflow of that is that suddenly I woke up as a follower of Jesus and I thought, God made me for a reason. I'm actually special and I matter to God and He cares about me and He has a purpose for my life. 
And you know what? No matter what kind of rubbish life might have served up to you, here's the peace you can make with yourself. That no matter what kind of rubbish you've been throwing up in life, God can turn it into a way for your life to count. That's peace with God. That's peace with ourselves. Come on, if you believe that, give God some praise for somebody who's really struggling. The third kind of peace that God brings to us is peace with others. Man, that'll change your life. The longer I've been following Jesus, this is what I've become more and more aware of as the band come up and join me. I... <laughs> Maybe less of you. Look, they're all loud here in Christ. But there's no, there's no paved areas for them. Um, Um, the third thing that happens when you say yes to Jesus is that you find peace with yourself, you find peace with God, and then you find yourself being able to have peace with others, with others, to let go of what maybe has bound you. Our world is losing in our Western culture the prominence of a relationship with Jesus. Let me tell you the most awful thing that's replacing it. Revenge. Justice is the cry, but it's not justice. It's revenge. We've got movies coming out here now where people just do the most horrific things to try and reverse what somebody else has done to them. You become like the person when you do back to them what they did to you. So God says, I will receive you, I'll reveal you, and then I'm going to ask you to let go of every wrong thing that's ever been done to you. And that's not always easy. I've lived a pretty easy life, and so I suppose it might be relatively easy for me, more easy than it is for some. But God loves you so much that he says, I will not let you be bound by what somebody else has done to you. You let me worry about that. You let God worry about that. Do not take revenge, the Bible says, for I am the Lord who brings justice. The fourth thing that God will bring to our lives, guys, is he'll bring peace in the midst of difficulty, when there are no answers, when, when there is no easy thing for us to cling to. John 16, says, in this world, you're going to have a lot of trouble. But be of good cheer or take heart. I have overcome the world. And the fifth thing where God's peace can touch us at the very core of who we are, and this is my last one, is when life doesn't make sense. I don't know what you're going through this Christmas, but this is what I can tell you, man. Life doesn't always make sense. If it always makes sense to you up until this point in your life, you just haven't lived very long yet. And there are many times in my life, I know there's a bunch in yours too, where life just doesn't make sense. Well, I think probably my most often quoted scripture as a pastor would be Philippians 4, where the Bible says, don't fret. Don't worry. Don't be anxious. You know, that's, that's just saying basically, don't let go of this peace thing, Tina. Instead of fretting and worrying and being anxious, pray. Pray. Through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, take your requests and bring them to God. And then here for me is probably the most important. I, I have a brain that never turns off. I don't have an off button. It's called sleep. That's the only time my brain turns off. You, if, you, if I ever tell you I'm thinking about nothing, I'm lying to you. 
I probably have lied to you. But I'm just kidding. Didn't go over well in Christchurch. <laughs> they don't know me well. And it says, when you, when you feel, feel, fret and worry, come to God and you start to pray. And then it says, the peace of God that, that transcends your understanding will guard your heart and it'll guard your mind. That's crazy. Guard my heart from all the emotions that can plague it guard my mind from all the thoughts that enslave it and that is only found in Christ Jesus the last two words of that scripture the prince of peace who brings peace to all who call on him thanks for listening to this message from Pastor John Cameron if you would like to find out more about Arise Church check out arisechurch.com or find us on YouTube